chapter 3 and verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. 1 John chapter 3. Not, you know, it's not the gospel of John. This is 1 John near the end of the book. You go to the book of Revelation and work your way backwards. And you'll hit it in the regular. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. You have it? Okay. Let's read together. Ready? Read. He who sins is of the devil. Now that's good right there. We can, we can stop right there and preach. Hallelujah. He who practices sin. This is people live a lifestyle of sin. I think this, this needs to be brought out in the church a lot more. This is my message. This is just a little uh, parenthetical uh, pin right here that uh, you can't live in sin and be of God. Amen. You live in sin, you are of the devil. Thank you, Lord. Y'all are quiet in this Presbyterian church. Huh? I don't know. Are y'all United Methodists? I'm not sure. I'm checking. Okay. So he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Okay, that's what he does. Now, the part I want to focus on, it says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God, that's who? Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Tonight I want to talk on the subject, uh, therefore, wherefore, this and that. Therefore, wherefore, this and that. Can you say that? Therefore, this and that. Father, tonight, thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that God, each person that I has, hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that we may all engage in this time in the word, that, Father, there'll be no wayside ground in this place, no wayside ground even from those who are viewing online. I pray that we'll all be good ground to receive the seed of the word, that we will produce, Father, uh, bring forth a 30, 60, even a hundredfold return on the word of God. I pray that you give me divine utterance, that I may speak what you give me to speak, give me divine unction to flow in whatever means you have me to flow, and I pray, Father, that your word will go forth and have free course among your people, be glorified among your people we pray in Jesus name amen. amen and amen therefore wherefore this and that therefore wherefore this you'll see it later on if we if we get to it amen now we've been we're on this series here talking about again our kingdom iPad remember that and we we've been dealing as our foundation uh, from Genesis 1 26 to 28 and 27 talks about so God created uh, male and female, right, in his image and so forth. And then the Bible says God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, uh, subdue it and have dominion over so and so forth, right? And so the blessing we talked about is the power God gives man to, to produce or we, we added last week, reproduce heaven on earth. I'm reviewing here, right? And we said the blessing release is something called what? Grace. Say it loud. Grace, which is ability or divine, thank you, divine ability, not natural ability, divine ability, divine wisdom, and divine energy, okay? And I want to bring to you that God does that. He releases grace on purpose for purpose. Did you hear that? He releases grace on purpose for purpose. Which means that, that God is intentional about releasing grace. And he'll only release it where it's needed. Do you understand that? Thank you, Lord. So if, if grace isn't needed or required, it won't be released. And the only time grace is required is for purpose. So he releases grace on purpose for purpose. Y'all tracking me tonight. Okay, we talked about how God gave uh, Adam and Eve their identity, right? Created his image and according to his likeness. And we said how identity leads us to destiny, which we found out last week was dominion. So our destiny is dominion, right? Revelation 5, I think it's verse 10, we talked about that, how God made us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Y'all remember that? So our our destiny is dominion. So now what we talked about was destiny is tied uh, based in our identity. So we spent the last two weeks talking about true identity, right? And so there's a battle, we said, over our identity. That's the spiritual battle. It's over our identity. He's not battling over our destiny. He doesn't have to. 
He's not battling over our purpose. He doesn't have to. He's not battling to keep you out of, out of he's not battling uh, in your assignments. He doesn't have to. If he can battle and win, win the battle of identity, he squashes the rest. Because all the things that we talk about come out of our identity. Do you understand that? In, in 2020, uh, the election, the federal election uh, for president of the United States, and the same thing we're about to embark on, I mean, it's already a new one coming up next year, and they're already gearing up for that. And, and I don't know if you remember, but, but the mantra of the uh, Democratic ticket for president was battle for the soul of the nation. I don't know if y'all remember that. It, it, I remember when I was walking through my neighborhood and I saw people had signs in the yard and, uh, you know, for, for the Democratic ticket. And they kept, you know, the signs all said, battle for the soul of the nation. I remember how it struck me to read that. Wait, you're saying we're battling for the soul of the nation? And so uh, when, when uh, the current president uh, announced that he was running again, he uh, announced that he's running again on battling. We're battling for the soul of the nation. Now, that may not strike you, but to battle for the soul of the nation means you're battling for control of its identity. Because if you can control a nation's identity or influence a nation's identity, you also then can interrupt or disrupt its purpose, its assignment in the earth, and, and stop it from reaching its destiny. How many understand that America has a destiny that God has given us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what happens is as we as a nation, I believe, have continued to sort of drift away from our uh, born identity, our God-given purpose, we, we're, we're on a, a steep, slippery slope towards missing our destiny. That God made this nation a great nation. And there are things he wants to do. I mean, we've, uh, I was on a, on a conference call, um, uh, I guess it was Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, with the team from Korea that came, South Korea. And uh, they were just remarking about their visit here. Y'all remember that? Yo, we had the prayer meeting here. And uh, what a powerful time it was. And, uh, you know, they, they talked about how uh, they felt like they owed a debt to America because America has sent missionaries all over the world preaching the gospel. That's why God has raised, it, raised his nation up and blessed his nation because we've been pushing the gospel out all over the world. But if the, if the soul of the nation can be wrestled away from those who want to preach the gospel and the nation loses its identity, we will no longer fulfill that purpose and reach that destiny. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So it's very important that we um, understand the importance of, uh, important that we understand the importance of, uh, of identity, the value of identity. Y'all got me. So remember last week we talked about, maybe last week, week before last, I think for two weeks, we talked about the, the, the Hebrew boys, and Daniel and Hebrew boys, when they went over into Babylon, captivity, and uh, how the Babylonians sought to change their identity. Remember they brought, introduced their literature, Babylonian literature, Babylonian language, the Babylonian diet, the three years of training they wanted to give them. To have those guys, and the Bible says, you read in in, um, in uh, Daniel chapter one that that Nebuchadnezzar's desire was that when those guys would go through that training, and get that literature, and have their new identity, that they would be able to serve before the king. Okay, he wanted those guys to serve him. But if you remember, those guys they bucked the uh, Babylonian identity switch. So much so, you by the time you get to chapter 3, where the king says, he erects his image and says, y'all have to bow down to my image. See, because that's the ultimate goal. It isn't just to get you to serve before them, it's to begin to worship. See, I remember I talked last week, I don't know if that was Sunday, Sunday night or Wednesday, Sunday morning or Wednesday night, I talked about even the Antichrist coming. Right? And I talked about the, uh, the LGBTQIA plus agenda. I don't know how many alphabets we got now in different colors and stripes and everything. But I talked about how that, that, that the Antichrist would have no desire for women. Book of Daniel, I think, chapter uh, 11, I think, talks about that, right? And, and, um, and how, how the ultimate goal of the, of the Antichrist isn't to get you just to serve and, and be influenced by him, but to ultimately get you to, to worship the beast. Now, the Antichrist is not the beast. 
But he wants you to be able to, to get to worship the beast. The, Y'all know who they, these people are, the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet. They're the satanic trinity. Just like God has a trinity. <laughs> so the satanic trinity is the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet. And they want, he wants you to worship. So that's what Nebuchadnezzar was doing. Didn't just, he didn't just want those guys to serve and, you know, clean up in, in the kingdom, make chicken for him. He wanted them to worship him ultimately. Are you following what I'm saying to you? So that's the goal of the enemy. That's why we cannot let him steal our identity. I, I, I might deal with this later on, but Jesus Christ, when he was tempted by Satan, Satan didn't just want Jesus to do a, you know, do a little couple of magic tricks. He wanted him to bow down and worship him. Oh, man. Hallelujah. So with those guys, when they had the opportunity to worship him, they, they said, no, we're not going to do that. And they throw us in the furnace if all you want to. We're still not going to bow. So they did not lose their identity. We're not going to be Nebuchadnezzar worshipers. We're God worshipers. You got it? I talked about how um, uh, Pharaoh's daughter changed Moses' identity, right? Three months raised in his father's house as a Hebrew, but the next 39 years and nine months, he was raised as a Hebrew, well-versed well, well versed in, in, in Hebrew wisdom and all and, uh, Egyptian wisdom and so, so on and so forth, mighty in words and deeds and all that good stuff. And the Bible says, but, but when he came of age, it entered into his heart to go and check on his brethren. Amen. So he, he went back to that identity because he got a revelation of his Hebrew identity and therefore his purpose. Y'all remember that? Now, we looked at last week when we closed how the Jews began to question John the Baptist's identity. Y'all remember that? But we showed you in John uh, chapter 1 how John the Baptist knew who he was and knew who he wasn't. <laughs> they first came to me and said, I'm not the Christ. Let me just jump off right and tell you that I'm not the Christ. Then they said, well, are you Elijah? I am not. Then they said, well, are you, are you the prophet? No. Well, then who are you? See, so he had to have an answer as to who he was not, but also uh, an answer as to who he was. And be confident enough in, in who he was to not try to be somebody that he was not. And that's a challenge for many Christians. Oh, y'all hear me. So John was certain of his identity and he was comfortable in his purpose. He said, I'm the one sent here to prepare the way of the Lord. That's my purpose. He was comfortable in his assignments. His assignments, what, what was he doing? Preaching and baptizing. Preaching repentance, baptizing. My purpose, prepare the way of the Lord. My identity, I'm the one sent to do this. I'm, I'm the forerunner. My purpose, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare the way of the Lord. My assignments, preach and baptize. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, let, let, let's go back and look at that for a second. Let's go back to John 1, John chapter 1. This is the gospel of John here, not, not 1 John. This is the gospel of John. Because you, you got to make sure, like John, you're certain of your identity and comfortable in your purpose. Because if, you, if you're uncertain, you will get rattled by people. And you'll get rattled by um by other things. For example, uh, if you're not comfortable in your purpose, you'll get rattled by somebody else's success in their purpose. And the devil will try to bring you these pictures or images to make you jealous or envious and a little spiteful and a little uh, even depressed because you're not enjoying the same level of success in whatever you're doing. But the difference is you got to know your purpose. Your purpose. Are you back there in John 1? Okay, good. Go to John 3. You were close. Go to John chapter 3. Somebody say amen. amen. John 3, because I want to show you this why you got to be um, uh, comfortable. John 3, and let's look at verse 22. Verse 22. You got it? It says, after these things, Jesus, this is after Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus. Now John goes back to what's happening with, with uh, John the Baptist's life. So it says, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of what? Judea. Judea. And there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Enon near Salem. John is baptized. Now Jesus is baptizing. 
right? And it says, and John was also baptizing. Now, John was baptizing way before Jesus was baptizing. But here comes Jesus Christ, this new ministry down the street. Come on now. This is, if you're not confident in your identity and your purpose, you can look at somebody else's flashing ministry and begin to get, oh, okay? So he's down the street. Now, John also is baptizing in Enon near Salem because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Verse 25, then there arose what? A dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about or concerning purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you, who are you talking about? He who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified. Behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. Now notice what they're doing. They're going to point at Jesus to John and say, John, John, you know that guy Jesus who you the one called him out? He wouldn't be nobody without you, John. Are you seeing this? John, he wouldn't even have a ministry if you hadn't laid hands on him. If you hadn't given him his start, he wouldn't even be in business. You know that one, that fella, they didn't call his name. You know that fella you baptized down there? They said, they said, behold, he is baptizing. And what they say? All are coming to him. Now, first of all, you're lying. Because we just read in verse 23 that, verse 23 that John was baptizing and they came and were baptized. So obviously they all weren't coming to, to Jesus. But that's how the devil tries to psych you and soup you up to get you angry and anxious about something that doesn't pertain to you. He'll throw and he'll, he'll have you, he'll have you see all their little posts and have you see all their little, their little Instagram things and all the little flashy things they're doing. And you'll, he'll have you see just all the things, oh, look at it, they're going all over the world. They're flying all over the world doing great things. And look at you, you still preaching to them few little people. You still singing right down there. You, they don't cut records and they don't bend with Mary J. Blige and everything. And here you are down there. See, I'm telling you how the devil will do you. And if you're not comfortable or, or, or uh, uh, certain of your identity and comfortable in your own purpose, then you'll, you'll start feeling some kind of way. What about me? I know none of y'all have ever said that, but I've said it. Oh, what about me? I know nobody on this side, but what about me? When is my time coming? Deke beat me to it. When is my time coming? See? And that's the danger, or that's the, that's the attack of the enemy to get us to begin to um, despise our identity and our purpose and be tempted to step over into somebody else's identity and their purpose. But John didn't fall for it. I said John didn't fall for it. Look at what happens. Verse 27, John answered and said, watch this, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. So I have what God has given me and he has what God has given him. Oh, that'll bless somebody by next Tuesday. I'm doing what God's called me to do, and he's doing what God has called him to do. I don't want to do anything more, anything less, or anything else than what God called me to do. I don't want what God gave somebody else. I only want what God gave me. Because if God didn't give it to me and I try to do it, I will have no grace for it. God gives grace on purpose, for purpose. And if that's not my purpose, I will have no grace. And I'll frustrate me and you. Hallelujah. 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 I, I, was, I was thinking about tonight, I said I was, I was going to bring a toolbox out here and uh, use, a, do, do a, use a toolbox for demonstration. I said, that ain't even me. 
And I see guys doing that. They're people preaching, and they have all kind of props. People, I mean, people do some really crazy, I mean, large, mega stuff. They'll have whole stages. I was watching, I watched one video. This guy ain't going to call his name because y'all, y'all probably follow him. And they watched one guy, and he was, he was talk, talking about something. And somehow they had their whole stage with water. I mean, he was walking. Yeah, Mike talk. And, and the whole stage is full of water. I'm like, how do they do that? How they got their stage covered? You walking through water on the stage? How are you doing that? I'd be, I was, I'd be afraid of pouring water in a in a glass. Talking about overflow, I don't because they gonna get on me. Pastor, you just got the carpet all wet. I, I don't even want to baptize in here no more. Cause, but how, how do they do that? But see, if I get uncomfortable about my purpose, uncomfortable about my assignment, uncertain about my identity, I'll start trying to be someone else and imitating them when that grace is not on me. I hope it's on them, but I know it ain't on me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So John said... A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. That's good. Get it from God. Tell your neighbor, get it from God. Your identity, your purpose, your assignments, your destiny, get it from God. That word receive literally means to have and hold. It literally means to have and hold it. I, it, it may be the Greek word lamban, I'm not sure. But it literally means, in, when you read it, to, to have and hold. So you can't have and hold something unless it comes from God. Which means you can, you can grab it, but you can't keep it if it's not from God. And if you grab it by the flesh, you got to try to keep it by the flesh. And the flesh profits nothing. But if you receive it from God, God will give you grace to keep it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wherever God's will takes you, the grace will keep you. Whatever God wills you to do, his grace will give you the strength to do it. So a man can receive nothing. Huh? It's lambano? Yeah, so it's lambano. It means to take it, but it also means to, to have it and hold it, to seize it. That word seize might even be in the, in the definition there. To seize, lay hold, to seize it. To have it is in there. To have it and hold it. Oh, y'all follow what I'm saying to you? So you can't, you can't, you can't hold on. Thank you, Lord. That, that's, why, that's why everything you even try to manifest materially, you need to make sure you're manifesting it through faith. I'm going to come over here. You need to make sure, y'all, and say, y'all, I, I better stay back over here. You better make sure everything you're trying to manifest, you're manifesting by faith. Because if you don't manifest it by faith, it means it didn't come from God. And if it didn't come from God, it's going to be some crying nights. That car, that house, that man, or woman, you're trying to hang on to something that God didn't give you. And you're going to be in the bushes all looking at people trying to. Y'all ain't saying that to me. Y'all gonna you gonna be in the bushes trying to hang on to something that didn't come from God. Say, <laughs> neighbor, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness. Y'all heard me that I said, I told y'all. I am not the Christ. So why y'all coming to tell me what Christ's doing? I'm not him. He's in his lane. That's not my lane. I'm not the Christ. He says, I have been sent before him. So I'm doing what the one who goes before him does. So you're not going to make me jealous of his prosperity, of his success, when I'm prospering and successful in the lane God put me in. That's good, lights. Boy, boy, boy. Verse 29. 
Verse 29, watch this, watch this. Watch him. He, he's so clear on his identity and his destiny, you, he can't be shaken. He says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. Ain't that right, Jonathan? The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. 94 days. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, he in double digits now. I remember when he changed from triple digits to double digits. He was happy. But the friend of the bridegroom, watch this. But the friend of the bridegroom, we call him the best man, who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So that means the, the best man is just as happy for the, for the groom as the groom is. The best man ain't the one getting married. He's just happy for his friend because I'm assisting him in preparing for his day. I'm part of his, oh my, I'm part of his preparation. I'm part of his, I'm part of his entourage. So I celebrate with him, but it's his day. Now, either I'm going to have my day or I'm going to have my day, but today is his day, so I'm not going to cramp, I'm not going to cramp his day because it ain't my day. I'm going to celebrate with him as if it's my day because that's my friend, and we are not competing. See, and the dangerous thing the devil wants to bring into the body of Christ is competition about assignments and purpose and destiny. But we're not competing, we're completing each other. God gave some to be apostles. God gave some to be prophets. God gave some to be evangelists. God gave some to be pastors. He gave some to be teachers. Not all. Not all. So don't try to be what he didn't call you to be. Some are helps ministry. But you know the same anointing that's on the apostle is the same anointing that's on the helps ministry? It's the same anointing. Hallelujah. It's the same anointing. The anointing is the anointing. So I celebrate with the bridegroom just like, just like it's my day. Boy, bridegroom, boy, you, you smart. Look at, look, boy. Bridegroom said, <laughs> and you, you got your handkerchief going She's your queen to be. You know I had to do it. I... So the friend of the bridegroom rejoices because of the bridegroom's voice. Watch, watch, watch what he says. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. In other words, I'm reaching my destiny by celebrating with what he's doing. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You, you, remember, you remember Jonathan? Saul's son, Jonathan? Saul's son, Jonathan, rightfully was the heir to Saul's throne. But he got a revelation of something. He said, wait a minute. There's something about this man, David, my friend, my brother, who, and matter of fact, my covenant brother, that he said, this throne is not mine. I know by blood I have a right to it, but by the Holy Ghost is your throne. And I'm not, I'm not so, I'm not so hell bent on blood. I'm not so hell bent on the natural that I can't see that God is rearranging things. See, he had to, he had to yield this thing because Saul was of the other tribe of Kish. Saul, Saul of Kish, right? Now, J David was from Judah. So the, the Jesus is gonna come through the tribe of Judah. So what Jonathan is going along with is prophetic. Fine, it's not, not, the, not the tribe of Kish. His father was Kish. Um, Benjamin, tribe of Benjamin, thank you. His, the tribe of Benjamin. But the 
king's going to come. Jesus is going to come from the tribe of Judah. So this is a prophetic thing that's happening. And, and, and Jonathan could be like, well, you know, um, you wait till next year. This, this, is my, this is my time, you know. Um, I, I might, I'll throw you a little bone. I'll make you my, my, my vice king or something like that. But no, he said, he said wait a minute. Mm-mm. Something's shifting here. I, I recognize something's shifting. So rather than me fight for the throne, I'm going to fight to help you get on the throne. Watch this. To the point of defying my own father. Because I realize now that the throne, this is Jonathan, is not my destiny. He realized my purpose and my assignment, watch this, was to keep David alive. He recognized David as an ex-king, and he took the assignment of keeping David alive because David was, was on, on the hit list for King Saul. And King Saul had every intent and worked out every detail of trying to kill him. But Jonathan kept making, no, hey, what this one would do. Uh, I'm going I'm to go in the field, and I tell you what, if, if, if my dad got some plans, I'm going to shoot an arrow, and you're going to know something's going on. He, he, was, he, was, he would hear what the father would say. In fact, he said, said listen, I know, know you can't come to the table and eat, but I'm going to sit at the table at the king's table, and uh, I'm going to listen. If my dad got bad intentions, I'm going to let you know. So he began to take the assignment of keeping David alive. To the point that, that, that Jonathan and Saul lost their own lives. But it didn't matter to Jonathan. He realized that it was not his purpose. It was not his destiny to assume the throne. So he died along with his father. His job was to keep David alive so David could become the next king. And he was, are you following what I'm saying? He was comfortable in that assignment. That's a lot of humility because by right, by blood, that's his seat. Are you there in John, John 3? Therefore, this joy is mine. This joy of mine is fulfilled. Verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. In other words, I must step back and let him step forward. Hallelujah. He who comes from above is above all. He was of the earth is earthly. Speaks. This is still John the Baptist talking. Is earthly. He who comes from heaven is above all. I'll stop right there. Y'all got this here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So John knew his destiny was to be the bridegroom's friend. His, his purpose was to prepare the way for the Lord. His assignment was to preach repentance and baptize. So because he knew all that, he, could, he was not shaken by all the instigators. <laughs> yeah, I remember we talked about the instigators. He just old instigator. He was not shaken by the instigators who tried to get him riled up about Jesus Christ's success. He knew, no, I'm successful in doing what God called me to do. Are you hearing that tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Now, so my identity points to my purpose. Remember that? My purpose gives parameters to my assignments, and my assignments fulfill my destiny. Okay? So you still need to make sure your identity is set. Now, remember, I, I, I don't think we talked about this, but, but Satan challenged Jesus Christ's identity. Right? Remember Jesus Christ was baptized, and uh, the Bible says that when he's baptized, heaven opened, and uh, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, out in the open, play for everybody here. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Well, the Bible says as soon as that happens, Jesus Christ is carried off into the wilderness, led into the wilderness. And the first thing the devil says out of his mouth to Jesus is, if you are the son of God. Which means the devil heard that. The devil heard that pronouncement from heaven. And because he heard it, he said, okay, I got to atta- attack that. I got to attack his identity because the devil knows that, in fact, he, the devil's been looking out for, for, for the son for the last 4,000 years. <laughs> right? From Genesis 3.15. Right? 
When the Bible says that, that the seed of the woman shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, the devil's been looking for this seed for 4,000 years. And when Jesus Christ manifests and all of a sudden he hears, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, Lord, he, that's him. And the devil knows this, that whenever sons manifest, he loses his dominion. When sons manifest, every time, matter of fact, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big ideal there. That when you manifest or come into your sonship, he loses his dominion over your life. He loses more dominion than the earth. But let me give you a little tidbit, incremental thing in that. That everything you manifest causes him to lose more and more of his dominion over your life. Did you just catch what I said? Because that just came right there. That when you manifest as a son, when you, when you manifest your sonship, he loses total dominion over you. But even every little thing you manifest incrementally, he loses another little grip off you. Little by little. The, the, more, the more you manifest the goodness of God, the more you manifest the power of God, the more, the more you manifest the wealth of God, the more you manifest the things of God, he loses another little, he loses another little, it's like, it's like if he has you gripped like that, every time you manifest, you pull a, a finger off. Oh, you follow what I'm saying to you? And, and by the time you manifest three or four, five, six things, he, he, all he got is that little thumb on you. Then you throw him off there. Oh, you follow what I'm saying to you? So he, he's, he's shaking in his boots when he hears, this is my beloved son. So what does he attack? His identity. Because if I can get you shaking about your identity, no way you're going to fulfill your purpose. Y'all got that. Hallelujah. Now, 1 John 3, 8, that's our main scripture. We'll hit it and we'll stop. <laughs> and we'll pick it up next week. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, for this purpose was the Son of Man, the Son of God, rather, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, why was the Son of God manifested? So the devil knows he's up to something. Um... In uh, Mark, you know the turn. Let, let me see. Let me check. See if I'm right. Um, yeah, Mark five, verse six and seven. Remember, Jesus Christ arrives at a area called region called the Gadarenes, and this what the what we call the maniac of Gadara, this demon possessed man with a legion of demons. Verse six, verse six. Y'all there? When he saw Jesus from afar. He ran and worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice. He now being the demon, cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Another place we read where he says, Have you come to torment me before time? Before time? So the devil has all along known that when Jesus Christ or any, any, oh, thank you, any son of God manifests, we are here to torment him. See, that, that's why you got to torment your tormentor. That, that devil is trying to torment your mind and cause you to have all kinds of anxious thoughts. Torment him. Don't let him torment you. Come back at him. Get on the offensive. If you missed prayer this morning, I taught on that about we ought to start using more offensive language. I don't mean cussing. I mean using your confession and your decreeing, your declaring, your prophesying in an offensive position. Not waiting till the devil oops upside your head and then start talking. I'm talking about using your words uh, in advance to whip him before he even gets started on you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Tell you that, but you need to use more offensive language. Don't start cussing now. I'm talking about you using the word of God. Not using no nasty language. I'm talking about you using the word of God 
confessing, decreeing, declaring, prophesying over your life. So, so when the sons of God manifest, we're to torment the devil. So 1 John 3.8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, destroy the works of the devil. I remember years ago, uh, we, uh, back uh, years ago, Rod Parsley, Pastor Rod Parsley up there in Columbus, Ohio, uh, had a campaign and uh, some t-shirts and everything. All, they, were, they were using the phrase, raise hell. We raising hell. But it was raising R-A-Z-I-N-G. Raising. To raise, to raise means to destroy. Like what were they doing all over downtown when they want to build a new building in downtown or anywhere in St. Pete? They buy some property, buy a building, and they raise it. Not raise, R-A-I-S-E, raise, R-A-Z, knock it down, destroy it. And so he had this theme, we're raising hell. Which means we're destroying the devil. He used that very verse right there. That's what we're here to do. We're here to raise hell. Some of y'all are scared to say it. I ain't saying that. I'm talking about R-A-Z. I-N-G. Help me say it, somebody. I'm raising hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm here to raise hell. In my neighborhood, in my community, in my city, in this nation, in this region, people in people's lives. We're here to raise hell. We're here to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Now, for this purpose, let me, let me hit this and then we'll, we'll go ahead and get ready to close it down. For this purpose, the word purpose comes from the Greek word tuta, tuta, tuta. Y'all saying it? Tuta. Which means that, as in that thing, or this, this thing, therefore, for this cause, wherefore. That's where our theme comes from. Therefore, wherefore, this and that. Therefore, wherefore, this and that. So, therefore, the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. This is that. Or for this thing, rather, the Son of God was manifested. For, for that thing, the Son of God was manifested. Wherefore, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So in other words, the whole point of that word, when you, when you, when you uh, uh, search it out, it, it means that, that there's a cause to your existence. There's a reason why you're here. You're not here by accident. You didn't sneak into the earth. God meant for you to be here. He planned on your arrival. Hallelujah. Well, my parents had a one-night stand. That's all it took. That's, you, do, you do know that's all it takes, right? Don't. <laughs> they, used to teach us that in, they used to teach us that back in health class. In health class, when we were back in middle school, they said, it only takes one time. It couldn't be true. It's only one time. That's all it takes is one time. Because when there's a purpose, there's a cause, there's a wherefore, a therefore. When there's this thing or that thing, God's going to make sure you get into this planet. And the reason why he's kept you alive and kept you in spite of all the foolish things that we did is because he has a therefore, a wherefore, a this and a that for our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we read in Scripture, we see, we see the word therefore in Scripture. We always go back to see what is therefore. So therefore is always there for a reason. Hallelujah. Wherefore implies there's a cause. Hallelujah. Wherefore shall a man cleave unto his wife, right? Leave father and mother cleave to his wife, the two shall be one. For that reason. See, so there's a purpose behind uh, marriage. Hallelujah. There's a purpose behind work. And if you get the wrong purpose, then you go for the wrong reason. You're going to work to try to have fun and make sure work is comfortable and work is nice, but that ain't the purpose of work. The Bible says in all labor there is profit. The purpose of work is profit. Oh, I'm going to come back on this side. The purpose of work is profit. 
You ain't got to like it. You ain't got to enjoy it. The purpose is profit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, I thought that would be nice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, you'd be happy on payday, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if the job is horrible and you ain't getting paid, and it's a, that's called slavery. <laughs> so, purpose, uh, to top, which means, again, that thing, this thing, therefore, for this cause, wherefore? Wherefore? So, in other words, your purpose is your therefore. You understand that? Your purpose is your wherefore. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it, imagine, I, um, thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Media, just follow me out here. Psalm 139. Y'all know verse 14, don't you? I must pick up in verse 14. I will praise you. Come on. No, start at verse 13. Let's start at verse 13. Can y'all read it all with me? From the New King James Version. Ready? Read. For you formed, you covered me. Now, when was all this done? In my mother's womb, okay? Verse 14. Keep going. Why? Now, how you are made, it, th this is why I was going to bring the toolbox, Deacon Robert, because I was going to pull out a, a hammer and show you that, that the, the way, the, the shape of the hammer gives a clue as to its purpose. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You don't hammer with, a, with, with pliers. You follow me, what I'm saying? You don't, you don't use, you don't use a, a hammer um, to, 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 pull, to screw anything in. You need a screwdriver. The, the, its shape, how it's formed, gives you a clue as to its purpose, its identity and its purpose. So I will praise you for I am fearfully, everybody say I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That, that means how God made you, male or female, regardless of your ethnicity, your build, your height, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God for a purpose. That's the danger, and I didn't get into this tonight in Romans 1. That's the danger of what happens in this, in this transgender, androgynous, whole, uh, nobody knows what they really are, and I can change my thing. Well, what you don't understand is your form tells me your identity, which gives me a clue to your purpose. And you, you can tuck all you want to, but you, 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 you don't lose, and you can cut off, and you can add, and you can do whatever you want to uh, in the flesh, but that doesn't change your purpose. And when you get before God, you're going to be judged on your purpose. You're going to be judged on your purpose. All right, let me get off that because y'all don't like that part. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous. All your works and that my soul, come on, read, knows, keep going, verse 15, my frame, when I was made and skillfully wrought, that means God took his time and skillfully crafted you. Nobody can be you. You understand? He made you specifically to be you because only you can do what he made you to do the way he made you to do it. Nobody else on this planet who's ever been here, who's here, or who will ever be here can do exactly what you do the way God made you to do it. You are unique. Don't be a copy of anybody. You don't need to copy anybody else's thing, you are what God called you to be. You are skillfully wrought. Verse 16, ready? Read. Your eyes and come on. Now let's start over and read verse 16 again. 
Ready, read. And where? Where? In, so God has a book. In your book, they all, what was written? The days, when as yet, so before you took your first breath, before the doctor slapped you on your behind and you started crying, all your days were laid out. God had a book and he had a plan and a purpose for you. And so you, he put you here to do what he calls you to do before you were ever born. He laid out your purpose. So when you and I say before him, we want to hear him say, well done. Well done what? Your purpose. People talk about, oh, yeah, so-and-so died, and they, you know, they, well done. They're well done. They ain't lived for God three days of their whole life. talking about well done. They finished, but they didn't well done. Did what? Did what? That, that's, that's such bad English. It's, I'm just embarrassed. But are you following what I'm saying to you? So he says, all my days were fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. My days. He laid out purpose. He, are you following this? And, and how he made you was for that purpose. So that's, that's why it's important to identify as what he made you. And don't try to be anybody else. There's only one you. You are totally unique. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so that's, that's thank you. I was trying, Holy Spirit, why did I go back to 139? You took me back there. Because I wanted to bring up this wherefore and therefore. When you read in the, in the Bible, you see the words wherefore and therefore all the time. Therefore. So, God arranges your wherefores and therefores. <laughs> Therefore, your mother and your father met. Wherefore, they didn't stay friends. They just had a one-night stand. You were born. Therefore, you were raised by your uncle. Because, you understand, God is orchestrating all these things. And so, so your uncle uh, went to church. Wherefore, you learned about serving God. Therefore, you gave your life to Christ one day. <laughs> Wherefore, are you following? You can keep going on and on and on. Every twist, every turn, everything set up in your life was a wherefore or therefore. It was for this cause. To get you to the place where you are now, where you say, wait a minute, I'm more than just a church member. God's got me in this body, in the body of Christ for a purpose. And I got to fulfill my purpose in the earth. Oh, you got, you got, y'all got this here. Let me close out by saying this. Purpose is your reason for this and that. Purpose is your reason for this and that. Now, what I'm talking about now, the wherefores, the therefores, the this, this is and the that's in your life must all be guided by purpose. Because if, here's the problem, if I don't know my purpose, I will live an experimental life. I will live an experimental life. What, is, what do you mean experimental life? I, I, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to try that. Well, that didn't work. So I'm going to try this. Mm, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to try that. Well, that's not, I didn't really feel that. Well, I'm going to try that. I'm gonna, let me try this over here. And what happens is we, we will waste natural energy. Natural energy 
on the experimental living. But if I would seek out my purpose from God, then I will move from natural energy to divine energy that's totally thrown into my purpose. And rather than living an experimental life, I'll be living a purpose-driven life. I'm on, I'm on the right track. I'm in the right lane. I'm in the right assignment. I'm doing what God called me to do. And because I'm doing exactly what God called me to do and not trying to be somebody else, not trying to do anything else, I'm trying to do exactly what God tells me to do. And when I do that, I'll have his grace flowing on my life, and I'll be a grand success in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God. But I got to know my therefore. My wherefore. So I can get my thises and my thats down right. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ was in one town preaching one day, and he was doing all kinds of miracles, and people tried to make him stay. Hey, stay, stay, stay with us. And he said, no, 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 I, I must go and preach in other towns also because for this purpose I have been sent. So because he knew his purpose, he didn't let the people hold him somewhere that he wasn't supposed to be. Oh, y'all follow what I'm saying to you? See, if you don't know your purpose, the devil will offer you, make you all kind of offers to do this. You should do that. And if you don't know your purpose, you'll get caught in, other, in the wrong this is and the wrong that's. And spin your wheels and waste your time. And we, I don't know about you, I'm 51, almost 52. I don't have any more time to waste on the wrong this is and the wrong that's. And I can tell some of y'all 20 and 21-year-olds, if you can get ahead of this thing, <laughs> hallelujah, not waste 30 years and just get right into it on your purpose, you'll be a lot happier in your life. Y'all receive that tonight? Come on, put those hands together and give God a praise if you receive that word tonight. Come on, come on, help God, help me, help me, help me tonight. Let the Lord know you appreciate that word. Therefore, wherefore, this and that, my purpose, my purpose, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested. There's a purpose to your manifestation. There's a reason why you are here. Pastor, what's my purpose? I do not know. I do not know. Hallelujah. Unless the Lord reveals to me your purpose. I, I don't know. And if he reveals it to me, I'm going to come and tell you. You don't have to ask me. I'm going to come and tell you, hey, the Lord spoke to me prophetically and told me that this is, this is where you're supposed to be doing. You're called to this. You're called to that. I'll get into that next week because it's really about your calling, and I'll talk about that next week. Hallelujah. Father, thank you tonight for the word that we've received. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you've given us the divine utterance that we asked for. And I thank you that, God, I really believe your people have had the, uh, the hearts to receive the word of God. And that this word, as it has sown upon and into good ground, it produces that which you sent it to produce. It prospers the thing to which you sent it, accomplishes that which you please. And I pray, Father, to your people that we will become very clear, very clear about our purposes because we're clear about our identities, that God, we will not be moved by someone else's assignment or purpose, what somebody else is doing, Father. We know that, Father, it takes all of us doing what you called each one of us to do to bring success in your kingdom. You don't need us duplicating somebody else just because it looks good. You need each and every one of us doing exactly what you called us to do. So I pray, Father, that God, if it's through visions, if it's through dreams, if it's through, if it's through prophetic utterance, that, God, you'll make your, our purposes known to us very clear, very, very clear, that we'll waste no more time experimenting, trying this and trying that, but we'll know the right this and the right that for our lives. That the reason why you kept us, the reason why you brought us is for this purpose. And I pray, Father, that as we do that, your grace would flow, would flow in, in heavy doses on your people to make it easy to do what you called us to do. 
so that when the enemy comes against us with adversity, trial and tribulation, we'll be able to say boldly, your grace is sufficient for us. That grace is working in us. And God, we will continue to operate and live as you lead us to do. And God, for these things, we will continue to give you praise and glory. And all the honor that belongs to you, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put those hands together once again and give God a praise.